1: You are disrespecting entire groups of people. So, you're disrespecting my constituents who elected me. I got more votes than any member of Congress in the last election. And it's disrespecting them to disrespect me. But then also, you're disrespecting the gender, right? You're disrespecting women. You're, um, so, there's all kinds of ways in which people try to get out of this by saying that they're passionate. We're all passionate. We're, we care deeply that we're in, in politics and we may disagree, but that is no excuse for um, for sexism um, or racism.
0: That was representative for Mia Jayapal. She's a Washington Democrat. Uh, she's one of many uh, women in Congress that our own Catherine Lyons spoke to about how they are treated uh, in the halls of Capitol Hill and in subcommittee hearings and on the floor in a variety of uh, settings. There are more women serving in Congress than ever. And so uh, we wanted to take the opportunity to talk a little bit about this, particularly in light of an incident between one of those women, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ted Yoho. Uh, there was a bit of a, 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 a vulgar incident, I believe the way, is the way you describe it in your story, Catherine.
2: Representative Yoho, decided to come to the floor of the House of Representatives and make excuses for his behavior. And that I could not let go.
0: You took the opportunity to talk to some of the women in Congress. Let's just talk about like, how, you, how you developed this story, and then we can get into uh, some of the, the comments that they made to you.
2: Sure. Uh, you hit it pretty well. Uh, this was basically several conversations with women in Congress about uh times where they were they felt disrespected dismissed demeaned by male colleagues in congress outside of congress basically uh in their professional careers and it's a good reminder that you know we see these women that have come so far that have come to places of power but yet they have felt little at some point or another and To your point, the instance between uh, AOC and Congressman Yoho sort of prompted this question about who are other members of Congress, uh, specifically females, that have endured a similar interaction or more innocuous but still insulting um, that wasn't quite caught uh, in front of reporters. Uh, And with these conversations, some of them were caught on camera uh, and others were more behind closed doors, and we learned a little bit more about those.
0: yeah, and you know one of the things that I think is sort of extraordinary uh, about the the Yoho AOC incident is that um you know this was uh, we we don't know if this was the first sort of interaction like this uh, recently with with some of the you know, women in Congress, it, it' not likely, but it was the first time that Mike Lillis from the Hill was there <laughs> to to report on it. Uh, so, and I a nice little hat tip to Mike. Uh, but but it brought up this thing of like, okay, you know, Congress has frequently been referred to as a as a boys' club uh, in in a lot of ways, and and where you know, like sometimes you might see that uh, there's there's some uh, bad language or or a little bit of hazing going on. But it's uh, I, I think one of the things that that struck me was that. That may have been the case. I mean, I can't speak to it, not being a member of Congress. I've certainly witnessed some, some uh, uh, rough interactions between members of Congress. But uh, in general, like a lot of the women that you talk to we're, we're just sort of like, no, we are, we're not going to do that uh, on, on both sides of the aisle. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that because it it is, it is seemed to be a change.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, some of these women, I mean, Catherine Clark has been here since 2013 and she recalled coming into Congress and not seeing a whole lot of portraits and pictures of women chairs on the walls. When you look around our hearing room, you know, there are many, many
1: pictures of, of male chairmen um, and women are
2: not found. Uh, And so, you know, part of the reason she is in Congress is to hopefully change that. And I think a lot of the women agree is they want to sort of set this new wave and what other opportunity than something like this to address disrespect, dismissal from male colleagues, bring it to the spotlight, talk about it so that a change can be made.
0: Yeah, actually, I want to play a little bit of a clip uh, with, with Clark uh, where she tells you about one of her first experiences going on the floor.
1: I was walking in with a male colleague and uh, they just looked at us together, assumed that we were a couple and that he was the congressman and, uh, and that I was a spouse who was going onto the floor uh, when it wasn't permitted.
0: So... A couple of things that are are striking about this clip. Uh, One, Catherine Clark, before she... Uh, got to Congress was an accomplished prosecutor uh, in in Massachusetts. She's a Massachusetts Democrat. Uh, she is now the vice chairwoman of the House Democratic Caucus. So, if nothing else, perhaps that police officer and other police officers or other members of the sergeant at arms staff or whoever it was that you know like stopped her could re- uh, perhaps just out of their own self preservations think that the people who you treat may end up being in positions of authority at some point.
2: That and we kind of had a laugh about that one. That was a little lighter uh, insult, I guess you could say. But yeah, she, she was mistaken for uh, Jared Huffman's wife. Um, they were mistaken as a couple and whoever this staffer was just assumed that she was the spouse of the member of Congress. And so that happened to her a couple of times. Um, not with Jared Huffman, but one of them was with him and you know that it was sort of, um, a funny moment, but also surprising to think, oh my gosh, like, you know, I think it's easier for us to be surprised by these things. Like, what do you mean you don't know who Catherine Clark is? Cause we're more familiar with them, but it was just, it was kind of shocking for me to hear that.
0: Maybe you know this is the great time to put in a plug. Uh, you know, CQ and Roll Call does plenty of member uh, profiles. <laughs> and so, if uh, staffers, if you're out there listening to this and you're a little concerned that you might offend the next speaker of the House or something, uh, go ahead and and check us out <laughs> because we've Steve got Jason. great uh, f- photos and and member profiles of the Excellent of these people. Plug. I mean, it is, uh, we do get paid to do this, right, Catherine? So it's, it's not just uh, out of the goodness of our found. hearts. <laughs> um, so I, I also, I mean, I, I want to emphasize, too, that there's certainly a, a little bit of a partisan edge uh, to, to to some of this. Um, one of the incidents recalled is Premier Jayapal and Don and Young, uh, where, where she talks about, you know, some of the tension there.
1: I was on the floor and it was late at night. And when I heard Representative Young say uh you know, the young lady, he kept calling me young lady, and then he said, mm-hmm. you don't know a damn thing about what you're talking about. And I suddenly recalled something that Steny Hoyer had told us during an orientation session, that if somebody was disrespectful to you on the floor, you had to police it yourself, and the way to do it was to ask for him to take down his words. So I just did that <laughs> in the moment without really knowing exactly what I was doing, but I was not going to accept that kind of disrespect.
0: John Young is this, you know, like he quite literally is an old tugboat captain from Alaska, and he's gotten gotten into it with a lot of people, and uh, in, in over over his years, and Jayapal was like, we're not going to do this. There is some. This is not just a a a Democrat versus a Republican sort of thing, because I mean, naturally, there's a partisan you know tension between people. But you spoke to uh, two people who seem to work together fairly well: Brenda Lawrence, who's a Democrat from Michigan, and Debbie Lesko, who's an Arizona Republican. They chair, uh, they co-chair the uh, Women's Caucus, uh, the Congressional Women's Caucus. And Lesko was kind of interesting, Uh, you know, like it it seems to be uh, like was was not, set, certainly did not seem to be going off of any script. Like, let's talk about your, your discussion with her.
2: Yeah, she had a few instances that she could recall where she felt just completely insulted um, involving chairs of committee. Uh, she felt wronged by Nadler at one point. Um, this is Ger-
0: Jared Nadler, the Judiciary Committee chairman, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
2: CQ plug. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) Uh, uh, And then another time uh, McGovern insulted her, but she called, she said McGovern wasn't that bad because when she addressed uh, her problem with him, he apologized. said something on the floor. Probably I didn't know what I was talking about or something like that,
1: you know, because that's their go-to. If if they don't have an answer, they're like, she's stupid. And so I walked over to him and said that was insulting, and he
0: apologized,
1: so that was good. And I think that's the way to handle it.
0: I frequently, um, I'm one of these dorks who who does watch the rules committee hearings. And Jim McGovern, uh, the, who's a Massachusetts Democrat and chairs the the rules committee, he he will frequently sort of go off on a discourse explaining something, um, and 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 can rub you know people the wrong way. And and you have this, and and Lesko is it was, it was interesting that she you know she went up to him after she felt like that he had talked down to her and just sort of called it out like in a, in a co- private conversation you know like but but it was it was interesting that um i she can't be alone <laughs> in right. in, be, in 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 feeling this way but she's actually you know somebody who is addressing it and it seems like McGovern was like okay uh you know like sorry you know whereas you know some of the other incidents didn't get that kind of treatment
2: Correct. Um, She was thankful for McGovern's apology and even mentioned in our conversation, you know, that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the way to handle it. Um, With uh, Congressman Cicilline and Congressman Pascal, who during a floor speech shouted out wacko and sort of interrupted what she was saying, uh, which he says was not directed at her. It was directed at um, her policies Uh, and Cicelini was in a hearing as well and um, She made a comment about trans uh, gender men I believe and and he just didn't take that very well and they had um, an exchange and it didn't seem to end in in an apology So she did feel a little insulted by those Um, and then when it comes to uh, Gerald Nadler I believe she said that um he's a little you know it it wasn't more towards her because she was a woman. it was just kind of the nature of the business in the committee and he seems to um, have that response towards uh, male and females.
0: yeah, and one of the things that struck me about Lesco and and I, and I swear it's not just because I'm from Arizona and Arizona is a wonderful place but, it might um, be. <laughs> but um but she 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 addressed you know she answered your questions about. Like what it was like to be a a, a woman in Congress, and to, she obviously like has at least some interest in this, being you know the the chairwoman of the of the women's caucus, but then she also um, did she seemed to kind of also kind of explained it away by saying like, well, that he's just a jerk to everybody or, or there's, or, and, and also like getting back to the Yoho incident, she also said the apology was fine enough for me.
1: You know, I didn't watch his apology, but yes, of course, if he said he apologized for the concentration, I mean, what, why wouldn't that be enough? He denied that he said whatever, you know, supposedly some cussing words that, um, AOC repeated on the floor. He denied that he said that. Um, And uh, so I take him at his word.
0: And I I was kind of struck by that because it's like, on one hand, there's a, yes, you know, like as a woman, I feel like I've been, you know, like sort of targeted, but also if somebody just says hello and... You can we can have a debate for an, another time about whether you know how sincere Yoho's apology might have been it, uh, being a former school teacher, I think I've seen that kind of apology before <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when people say like sorry, not sorry. Right. but it, it seemed I think again, this is what is getting uh, like kind of complicated. These weren't talking points that she was using. She seemed to be very like like almost kind of struggling with like the the different gradations of being insulted because she's a woman and just being insulted because people are jerks.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that's right. I mean, these didn't feel like talking points at all. Uh, The conversation felt pretty raw. And I do. And again, I appreciate that. And she strikes me as somebody that um, has a thick skin. And she even mentioned that in our conversation. And actually, uh, one of the human moments from the conversation that I felt was, when she admitted to, um, you know, several years ago when she was at a PTA meeting, she came home crying to her husband because the women were mean to her. And I thought that was striking because I wouldn't expect that from her. So she's, you know, she admitted to that instance. She's admitted coming a long way, and now she is of the mindset that it's not really male versus female; it's just jerk versus jerk. It's just your your. Uh, Nasty person or a nice person, and um, you know, for her, the solution to some of this is just shrugging, shrugging it off and moving on.
0: I, I want to talk now about like Brenda Lawrence, you know, who who works with Lesko, and I mean, you you talk about like you know different parts of the country, different political. Um, stances, different, you know, races. I mean, Lesko is a white woman from the suburbs, uh, of, of Arizona. Brenda Lawrence is a black woman from Detroit. Like, I mean, it, it's, you couldn't kind of get people to you know, further apart, like on the surface, but, know, it, Lawrence, it, it's interesting, She, I want to get to some of her kind of money quotes, but she also says, you know, before we move on from Lesko, that she finds ways to work with Lesko, which is kind of encouraging. Are we allowed to be optimistic in 2020?
2: <laughs> of course, I think we have to be if we want to survive, right? Uh, no, she did, and that makes sense because they're both co-chairs of the Congressional Women's Caucus, and they are not only on opposite sides of the aisle, but they're pretty far opposites. And if you're going to work together, you're forced to work together. You got to find common ground. Right. And luckily as women, I mean, you know, there are difference in political policies, but you know, uh, maternity mortality um, is something that they can work on. Domestic violence is something that they could work together on. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's imperative for, for both of them, especially now working on a woman's caucus, I mean, if if there is anything that you're going to do right now, it's find common ground and make progress.
0: Uh, so with Lawrence, I mean the the I mean one of the reasons I, I wanted to kind of save her, you know, is that I mean talk about some like rich quotes. You know, she's got had a long career. Uh, uh, she uh, it, it talks about also when she was in you know like working on employment law and making sure that people aren't discriminated, and she's just got this like sort of stunning. Uh, recollection of a of an interaction with somebody who she was uh, she had to to talk to.
3: I was an EO investigator prior to coming to Congress, and I had a case where it was an allegation of discrimination. So when I went to investigate it, the um, the accuser wasn't very happy to see a black woman walking in. That just kind of annoyed him, and so he just like. Slammed his hand down on the table, said, look, let me tell you something. I don't like your kind. And it's not a damn thing you can do about it. And um, I don't give a damn what you say. And, da, 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 da. and I just, I folded my book and I smiled. I said, you're absolutely right. I cannot stop you from being prejudiced, but I can't stop you from discriminating because mm-hmm. there's laws and working for this company, you will adhere to anti discrimination policies and laws.
0: Perhaps she's prepared a little bit more uh, for because she's been dealing with this a lot. I mean, she and and she had this to say also about like what might have gotten her there, which was this statement that, that or this talk that she got from her grandmother.
3: Something my grandmother told me when I grew up. She said, "Brenda is a black woman in America. You're going to spend the majority of your life doing two things. One is." educating people because most of prejudice or racist behavior is ignorance Mm. and the other thing is forgiving people because if you don't forgive all that hate is going to consume you and you'll become one of them
2: brenda lawrence had a really interesting um kind of childhood moment that she shared about her grandmother um you know kind of guiding her along and being a black woman in America, and she gave her some advice, and and she basically told Brenda that you know one of her responsibilities is educating people, because a lot of prejudice behaviors are done in ignorance sometimes, and so educating others is important to making that change, and then um, forgiving others for that. So, you know that that was just way to like rise above. Um, the fray a little bit and, and just, you know, take the high road when, um, you know, it's really, it's a lot easier to, to to succumb to the low road, I think.
0: Well, and, and also, I mean, like that, that early on, you know, kind of advice and then the practice of it came in, you know, you know, she was able to exercise that, you know, fairly recently. And she, when she had, Uh, sort of a a little bit of a a run-in that she recalls with Mark Meadows, a Republican from North Carolina, who was in the House at the time.
3: You know, I'm the double whammy. I'm a Black woman. Committee hearings can get pretty tough. Um, One time, uh, and this was with Mr. Meadows, we were debating um, racist policies of the Trump administration. And he had an African-American woman come and stand behind him.
0: You made some very uh, demeaning comments about the, the president that Ms. Patton doesn't agree with. In fact, it has to do with your claim of racism. She says that as a daughter of a man born in Birmingham, Alabama, that there is no way that she would work for, for an individual who was racist
3: which was unusual, she was a prop, and I called him out on it. I just want to put on the record as being a black American and having endured the public comments of racism from the sitting president as being a black person. I can only imagine what's being said in private and to prop up one member of our entire race of black people and say that that nullifies that is totally insulting and in 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 this environment of expecting a president to be inclusive and to look at his administration speaks volume we had a big debate after that privately i said have you ever stood a white man behind you to say that uh this i said that was a human being that wasn't a billboard with our picture on it it was a human being
0: and uh, and who is now just happens to be the White House chief of staff. Um, and and she's just had this sort of, you know, this kind of extraordinary moment uh, over, you know, a, a debate about whether somebody was, whether Meadows was using somebody as a, as a, like a, as, as what she called like a racial billboard.
2: What she says she did was, you know, educate Mark Meadows on, you know, why this was a problem for her. And uh, she feels that she, it did make an impact and, you know, it it brought to light to his attention, something that he hadn't seen before.
0: And, uh, you know, one, one thing that I just can't help, but think, you know, we're, we're, you know, your, your story really, the, the, the the big sort of subtext here uh, it was, it's not even a subtext. It's just, it sort of hangs over the whole thing is that, you know, a lot of the, the things that we're seeing are, have been sort of commonplace in a lot of these people's lives, a lot of these women's lives. And they're now in these positions of authority and they're willing to say right there, they they all have a very consistent theme of like, you have to call it out right away. Uh, whether it's Debbie Lesko or Premier Jayapal or, you know, Brenda Lawrence and, and they, it's, it's got to be to me exhausting because it's it's difficult to do that in any position. I mean, whether you're a parent or whether in a workplace or or in your relationships or you're with your neighbors. I'm talking to you, Catherine, my neighbor. <laughs> um, um, but like it's it just it's difficult enough uh without like the the supercharged partisan atmosphere. It's difficult enough without being a 2020, <laughs> like we're saying, like, you know, just this tense time. It's and it, it did, did did any of them discuss this like with you about how you have to do this, but it is just tiring after a while. It just gets, you know, I got a job to do. And then I also have to like confront like Don Young, who's 10 feet taller than I am.
2: (laughs) Yeah, of course. And I think exhausting is the word, um, especially for women because, you know, we're like, we're still, we're still doing this. Like I thought, you know, this was, uh, old news, but, Exhausting is the word. Um, Luckily for some of these women, um, it was in a hearing where it was already on camera. In Congresswoman Jayapal's position, uh, she tweeted some of these out and she was able to elevate them to the public's attention. And that helped, right? Because people start noticing, um, you know, in AOC and Yoho's case, there was a reporter around. So it does take some chance of fate that somebody's gonna, uh, notice these instances, but when that doesn't happen, yeah, it's on, it's on them to either shrug it off. And, you know, Katherine Clark made a, a, a comment about sighing and rolling her eyes at one of her interactions. And I think that's what a lot of women do is just sigh, roll their eyes and move on, which, you know, um, in my conversation with Lori Trahan she mentions uh, these coping mechanisms. And you know, I have to say, you know, as women, you know, we develop pretty sophisticated coping mechanisms uh, to endure and
1: survive the traditional power structures that exist, Uh, and they exist everywhere, in the classroom, in the gym, in the workplace, uh, in order for us to stay focused.
2: I think it's easier to do that sometimes, I think it takes more effort to address it to stand up for yourself because then again you stand up for yourself and you're labeled a bitch. Can I say that here?
0: Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's in the congressional record. Uh, uh, it it is uh, during the AOC yoho sort of floor stuff um that that was uh, in in the record, and I think that that's that shows like kind of the the currency of this situation that it like somebody was willing to say like, enough, you know, like, this is not, we're not going to keep doing this. And um, one, one thing I, I also, um, you know, this, uh, this, this didn't make it into your, uh, your, your story, um, but you also, you talked to a, cu- a couple of men and, and in a particular one, one struck me that your your you were, you, were, uh, you know, a clip that you sent us was you talked to Dean Phillips. who's a, he's a freshman Democrat from Minnesota and, uh, and he, you know, confronted Yoho.
3: People would be lying if they told you they've never seen those examples, some of them implicit, some explicit, some more egregious perhaps than others. But yeah, it does happen. And I've always made it my habit to call it out when I see it. And and I did with Mr. Yoho. I saw him in the halls and I expressed my feelings. And uh, that's something I think we all have to uh, take upon ourselves and
1: do when we see it happening.
0: And it, it, it was it was an interesting interaction.
2: Uh, We spoke with uh, Congressman Phillips because he was one of the early supporters um, on Twitter, uh, visibly, um, after the AOC and Yoho incident. And I was curious to know what prompted him to get involved. And um, he felt impacted by the interaction in a way. Uh, He's a father of two girls. He was raised by um, very strong women in his family, essentially. And so he did feel um, prompted to speak out in support of AOC. And he did mention uh, that he had a private interaction with uh, Congressman Yoho um, in the halls, and uh, he didn't he wouldn't dive into that one. He kept that personal, which um, I respect. But he came into this, um you know, in, in, in his opinion from a personal, a personal stance. So he felt uh that this, you know, warranted some intervention from him.
0: One last thing I, I want to just discuss too, because is just that, you know, Brenda Lawrence also, you know, what, what she told you is that like, you know, in, in one of the, one, one of our clips is, is that she, she has an idea of what she, how she wants to be regarded.
3: I remember uh, being a young girl walking down the street and, you know, the guys will scream out their little comments, hey, baby, you know, and you just go like, get a life, go away. But you become a survivor and you, you discounted and someone calls you baby and you have a PhD and you've worked and you've earned your thing. I'm not a baby. I'm an accomplished badass woman. And I, you know, I want to be treated
0: that way. And, um, it's, I think that a lot of, you know, like maybe 10 years ago, even, you know, like, or a few years ago, like we wouldn't be like, we, we we would be totally okay with a man saying something like this, that, that that they wanted to be like seen as an accomplished person, but it's now like, like Brenda Lawrence feels like she is like, you know, in a, and I I take this as a sign of progress that she's like, no, this is how I want to be. Like, I'm a member of Congress. I'm a, I'm an accomplished person. Um, I have I have a story. I have my own uh, dignity here, and I, I don't know. It was, it was really striking. Like I, I don't I uh, I don't know what you you do to get people so comfortable uh, around you, Catherine, in these interviews. Okay. But it's really, yes. Uh, but it's it's really it's really a testament to your interviewing skills thanks for uh thanks for talking about your story uh and uh for for anyone uh after you're done with this podcast you should read it immediately on rollcall.com
2: please do and thank you for having me on jason
0: thanks